Greetings. Hello and welcome. The archival recording you are about to hear was sourced from live streaming audio in an effort to expand content reach. I have decided to repurpose the show as an audio podcast. I have done my best to remaster the audio quality for your ears, but I have chosen to leave its content and length unedited. So you may hear reference to visual cues not described in said audio. If you'd like to see the original live streaming video podcast this recording comes from, please head over to youtube.com slash C slash Frumis Films LLC or just search Frumis, F-R-U-M-E-S-S. And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Audio from episode to episode will also vary in quality. Sorry about that. Thank you for tuning in and listening. Jeff from us. Hello, Chris. Hey. How are you? I am well, thank you. How are you doing, bud? You know, uh, apart from things. Things. Okay. Stuff. You ever see that movie, Things, from Canada? Things. Things. I don't, I don't think I have. Uh, good. It sounds like something I wouldn't watch. It's something you don't want. You don't want things in your life. <laughs> no, I have too much things in my life. Whoa. Whoa. What? Nothing. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Nothing. Don't pay attention to anything. Don't pay attention to the man behind the curtain. Except you're... Oh, yeah, you're there. You're there. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's all that matters. That is all that matters. Well, golly gee shucks. Um, so, what are we talking about tonight? We're talking about... Sequels. We're talking about sequels, which is ironic because Victor Miller won his lawsuit today, finally, for ownership of the Friday the 13th screenplay. Can't, I don't know if this is a humble... Just happened. God damn it. Why did that happen? Oh, my you God. You don't know... God. The chaos. Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Pay hey, no attention to anybody. And jumping just... on... Whoa! on either side of me, it's weird. Ah! What's happening? Hi. Um, we we are. It's going to be very hard to do comments tonight. Let's just put it that way. We're going to have a very difficult time seeing your comments. That's all I'm going to say about that. Victor well, Miller, can, can, we'll can I brag for a minute? I don't know if this is a brag. Yes. I don't know if this is um, a brag. I are you Victor? Then no. <laughs> no. But I once was. I was once in competition with Victor C. Miller for best screenplay at the Nightmares Film Festival, and I lost to him, but I did get to go up to him and uh, meet him, shook his hand, we took a picture together, and I thought it was, it was, it felt like a feather in the cap, and that's my one experience with Victor C. Miller, so it was nice, it was cool, cool experience. Um, I'm glad, I'm glad he won, I mean, we still have a long way to go. Yeah, yeah, you're a big Friday guy? Probably my favorite franchise of the old slashers. Really? When I was young, I loved Friday the 13th like everybody else of that age. You know what uh-huh. I mean? Because you could relate to it. Right. I'm not a fucking teenager anymore. Okay? Dealing with my fucking parents and oh my god, my problems. I don't I can't relate now. I need simple fucking sex and blood. We're gonna fuck, we get killed. That's it. You and know that's what, what kind of reminds me Friday of? 13th. Huh. Kind of reminds me of that song from 
uh, TSOL's seminal 2003 release, Divided We Stand. It's called Sex, 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 Not the Violence, I think. And I don't Yeah, you really should. I like should. TSOL, though. Uh, I loved uh, one of my favorite bands. One of my favorite bands, truly. Um, but yeah, so, so so let me ask you this. What, let, let's okay. start here. We have to start. We have to start in a few different places before we can really sort of get into the meat of the situation. What makes for a good sequel? And by the way, if you are out there in YouTube land and you're commenting on. The thing, we're, you're going to be delayed. We're not going to be able to see you immediately. Long story. But we're not going to be able to see you so quick. We'll, we will get to comments eventually if you leave. We something. will do it our best. Right. There we go. Amy's on there. Hello, Amy. And yes, Friday 13th does rock. Hardcore. Hi, Amy. Welcome to, the, welcome to the chat. So, okay. So what makes for a good sequel, in your opinion? What do we need? Um... You need to do the same thing, just bigger and better. You have enough, uh, have enough in there to sort of call back to the first film, but you need you need to do more. You need to give us something new. Um, that's kind of it. I mean, it's it's more complicated with execution. We can't hear you, Jeff. I didn't. It's talk. more complicated. Oh, okay. Well, you. <laughs> Your so, lips were moving. No, no, no. Um, it's more complicated with execution than it is right. in principle. But basically, you want to do the same thing, bigger, better. You need to expand the story. Don't right. make it too different that it doesn't feel like it's part of the same universe. Case in point, and I hate to use this as an example because I hate the first movie and I pretty much really despise the second movie, but it's a good example. Give me a good example. Pitch Black, Pitch Black Chronicles of Riddick. What the fuck is Chronicles of Reddick? It's fucking Dune. It's I liked it's a, Chronicles of Reddick, I think. You stand alone. Ha! It's oh! it's a different film. It's it's super different. Pitch From black. Pitch black, yeah. Exactly. Pitch black is so contained and it's so small and it doesn't feel big. I get what he wanted to do, and by the way, he's in the process of trying to lock down another one. He um, did do because, another one. This is like no, the fourth I mean, one. Another one, yeah. Another, another one. Yeah. You know why? You know. Do you know money? why? Because he owns the character. No, because of family. Oh, <laughs> shut up, Dick. <laughs> you know I what saw, I'm talking about? Okay. Family. Yes, I do. Slight <laughs> tangent, by the way. I saw a commercial the other day, or heard a commercial family. for F9. Yeah. Oh, my God. The version you've never been able to see before. I, I like, never like kept the up movie's with ten years old. Yeah. You know I, what I mean? It's like yeah. fuck it, whatever. Stop with your director's cut on video. We know that. Um, You're talking like it's a ten year old movie. You've never been able to see this cut. Line up now. You know what? I hmm. want to say that I want to talk about Chronicles of Reddick for a minute because I thought that's a great example of a good sequel. Because here's the thing. Pitch Black is a story. It's like a one-off contained story. You really don't yeah. need anything after Pitch Black. Nope. So it's kind of amazing. You are correct. Right? Am I right? Like, so the fact that they're like, ex they like turn it into Dune, you know, like all of a sudden he's like that, he's like this type of whatever, like uh, this this being, what is it? The Fury, he's like a, Fur a Furian or something. Yeah, Furian. He's a Furian. 
and you know they're a special type of you know race that like are super deadly with weapons like they sort of retroactively rewrite the character and expand the world and tell a story that has nothing to do with pitch black but can, comes in the same universe so it's not even really a sequel to pitch black whereas it's another story with the same character in the same universe and for me that works well for a sequel i'm like i'm down with that you know what i'm saying i you know i hear you i don't think that it's so much a um i don't think that it's so much that it doesn't match or that it's too removed i think that it's just it's so ambitious that it doesn't feel connected to the first film at all and that first film was quite honestly an accident they made it there was no sci-fi going on there hadn't been any right. sci-fi going oh, on. i remember when that came out that was so a big it was, deal it was a wasteland for sci-fi so this movie comes out and people are just it you know it fed that need kind of like pirates of the caribbean there had been a pirate movie since since cutthroat island cutthroat island so, right so Flop. people lost their fucking mind you know what i mean yep. and not to say that it wasn't good but people lost their mind because you had that need fed. You didn't have to watch any more 40s, 50s, and 60s pirate films and Cutthroat Island. You had a choice now. That's Disney Star Wars before Star Wars. You know what I'm saying? What? Pirates of what? the Caribbean is Disney Star Wars before Star oh, Wars. Oh, I see what you're saying. I know what you're saying. Like, yeah, totally. basically. You know? So, And that's what happened with, with this. I mean, I didn't like Pitch Black. I didn't care. Really? I saw it. I, just, I didn't give a fuck. It's okay. It didn't make me sick, if that's what you mean. But, it, you know, I was over it. So, saw Chronicles Riddick. I'm like, okay, let's see what they do. And just the trailer alone was so removed from that first film, I didn't know what to do with it. I like the third film. I like Riddick. I didn't and like Riddick. That puts my cats to sleep. Like, they love Riddick. <laughs> it's that voice. Know. It's that deep voice. Is that it's what just, it is? It makes he's the cats He's purr. too sexy? No, it's just, you know. Here, you know what's interesting, though? The whole first movie, the whole hook of the first movie is, I'm a prisoner. Reddick is a prisoner who, who needs to polish his eyeballs so he can see in the dark because he's never going to see sunlight again. And happens on a planet where, you know, an eclipse only happens once every whatever you know hundred years, and all these these nasties come out in the dark. It's a brilliant hook, man. It's a great plot, but. It's once you get to once you get to the sequel, you don't need those polished eyeballs anymore. It doesn't matter. Like they just sort exactly. of exactly. You know, I don't so. have anything against Riddick. It's it's just it's kind of like you know what it is. It's kind of like Fast and Furious. It's easy to it's laugh family. at Vin Diesel because he's ridiculous. Yeah, because he's family. I know it's so bad. <laughs> you know how those movies went from fucking street racing assholes into fucking. Secret agents traveling. Only saw the, world. the first one. Only saw the first one. Never well, heard. it changes drastically. I bet by four. I bet when the rock when the rock comes Ooh. in in five, it becomes international bond, but with you know street level people you can relate to. Sounds like you <laughs> really have kept up with this series. I own the fucking series. You I hate watch I, it. I no, I don't mind it, but I know what it is. You know yeah. what I mean. I take it. Plus, I grew up in East LA, so I can watch yeah. those first couple of movies and I see home. Yeah. But um, 
Yeah. Like they're ridiculous, but I know they're ridiculous. It's like a lot of 80s slashers. I know it's not good. I like it, but I know it's dumb. I'm not going to tell you, no, that's a good movie. It has something to say. No, it doesn't. So <laughs> It's just stupidness. So I think, to, to answer the question that I asked you, I think that what makes for a good sequel is two things. One, okay. you're right. We need, you need to do, it needs to be bigger. You need to sort of expand. You know what? That's not true. It doesn't need to be bigger per se. It could be the same size. But generally what happens is because of the success, because usually the first one is always on a lower budget or is an experiment or whatever, it's more contained. I'm saying I'm being speaking very generally here. But and no, then what happens it. is they blow it wide open, you know, okay, sky's the limit. And then that, what happens is that makes or breaks the sequel. It's either going to friggin' like sink or float on the notion of going bigger. But here's the thing. We can't just have bigger. And in the case of like Jason's and Freddy's and, and Michael Myers's is it's like, Oh, bit more gore, more tatties, titties, tatas, and more, um, and a bigger blood count. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, here's the thing, if if I can interject. Please. Here's the thing. You need to make it bigger. And, you know, again, I, you know, not necessarily financially, you know. Right. But you need to make a bigger movie and expand the universe. Without, right. If it's horror, most specifically with horror, without ruining the mystery of your antagonist. You know what I mean? Hellbound, Hellraiser 2 That's is true. a good example of that. It's not a bad film at all, especially in comparison to what we got after that. Um, right. Coincidentally, I like 3 and I like 4 a lot. Even I've the only Butcher seen the first 3. Four that we got. Only seen the first 3. 4 is not bad. I know it's not the movie that Kevin Yeager made, but it's not bad. After that, it's a sh it's varying degrees of a shit show I depending bet. on how you want to look at it. <laughs> I, I like Judgment, the last one. I did yeah. like that film. Is that Most like the don't. great value version of Pinface? No, no, that's that's <laughs> Revelation. <laughs> that movie, and they know that that is well known. Like the Fantastic Four, Roger Corman. Yeah, that movie only exists for them to keep the rights. It's so That's funny, dude. Only why that movie exists. That thing was out in the Walmart fucking seven dollar bin forever. Dude, That's those... when I finally saw it. You know, That's it's when like I finally saw it. Those sequels are like an. Ex it's just the perfect example. Of like it's like, it's like, hey, we got the script. Can we turn into Hellraiser if we add Pinhead? That's, that's <laughs> what happened because that's what Weinstein wanted to do. Once Weinstein got the rights. They put out four, and he butchered it. He recut it, or had right. it recut. Um, but after that, it was just, well, we got this script, stick Pinhead in there. We got this script, stick Pinhead in there. So yeah, Pinhead showing up for two minutes, four right. minutes at a time, at the end, going, ha, 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 it was me all along. It's fucking <laughs> ridiculous. Some of the stories are good. Don't, you know, let's be honest. Some of them are all right, but they're not Hellraiser movies. They weren't to start with. So, you know, so they are it, what they are. So in addition to going bigger, here's the other thing. And you already kind of spoke to it. Um, but I want to reiterate what you stated and like kind of like pull, pull on it like taffy. Like you need to do something different, something subversive or something that sort of 
something inversive, something that inverses the situation, something that makes it different. So in a way, and, and in a way, it's almost like two separate things. Sometimes sequels are going to go bigger, like we said, or sometimes they're just going to like in, invert the situation. A great example of a sequel that I think is not only better than the original, but like sort of inverse inverts things and subverts things all at the same time, doing all these erts, you know. Conan uh, all the Destroyer? No, um, Hostile 2. I think Hostile <laughs> 2 is I agree. I agree. much better than Hostile and freaking is it's just a it's just such a superior film for so many reasons from I the agree with that. from having like you know the two kill the two hunter guys you know the one who's like kind of like a pansy and the one who's macho they switch and you're yeah. not expecting it that's really great well, and sort of seeing it from the other side sorry go it ahead. is an example no 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 um it's an example right there where you're watching the filmmaker become a better filmmaker through his processes. Yeah. It's yeah. a dynamite film because you've seen what he started with. You've right. seen, okay, I made this first movie for pocket change. You know, here's all my stolen shots, homages. Here's everything I did. Oh my God, I made a movie. I made a first movie, but you know, Unlike a lot of people, he made a good first movie. <laughs> now, what do I do with it? You know, and that's what we get with Hostel. It's such a step up. So when we get to Hostel 2, again, he kept progressing. Yeah. And it's fantastic. The use of the music, the use of the camera work, everything about it is a step up. And that's what I like about Eli. And it's, it's amazing because... He's very much one of us, and I don't throw that around lightly. And I know that was the um, that was the image that they were selling people like, hey, he's just one of us. Um, but he very much is like he's kind of Junior Quentin. Like this this guy can talk about any movie, and he knows who scored it. He knows who did the effects. He knows who did the model building for that department. He knows this shit off the top right. of his head. Um, me, him, and Glenn were sitting there talking about a lot of the Giala um, on Death Rider. Oh, and just the shit that he was just pulling out was just like, fuck, this guy knows his stuff. Was Glenn, was, Glenn, was in, Glenn was impressed with that? Well, Glenn's never impressed. Glenn was <laughs> Glenn just liked that Glenn could talk and he knew it. Glenn always assumes you know what he's talking about. Yeah. So yeah. if you don't know what he's talking about, he does know if you don't know. And does he? It's funny. You can't just smile yeah. and go, yeah. Me, me yeah. and him will sit there talking to other people, <laughs> and then we'll look at each other when we know that they don't know what the fuck we're talking about. That's hilarious. And we'll talk shit to <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, we do how that about to this? a producer all the time. <laughs> how about this? Um, sequels that – another sequel that I think – out doesn't outdo the original, but just like okay. it goes bigger. It's it's sort of like layers on top of like it's just like it's really layered. Um, it's meta. It's meta before meta is sort of invented. Uh, freaking Back to the Future Part Two, I think, is a phenomenal mm. example of a sequel that just just goes like bigger, badder, uh, different. You know, suddenly. You're 
in the first film, but from a completely different point of view. You know, you go to the future instead of going to the past. Like, it's doing stuff that's different. It's 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 layered. It's just, I think it's such a great sequel. It is, think? it is. I It is. I think three, and here's... Um, okay, so here's the tangent, but before that, Robbie, I love The Fly 2 a lot. I think it's really underrated. Love um, The Fly 2. Mick Garris? You know, yeah, crushed it. I think, crushed it. I think the fly two is underrated. Um, yeah, the dog scenes like Midnight Mass. I finally watched last night. Oh, haven't seen it. Haven't seen it. Watch the first two episodes. Let's just. I'll just say that I couldn't watch the first two. I had to come in in three. Really? And just figure it out. Well, I don't want to spoil it. Okay, don't spoil it. But Robbie probably gets what I'm saying right now. Um, okay, so. Oh my god, I forgot what I was gonna what we were gonna We're talk talking about. about you're gonna go on a tangent. I was talking about Back to the Future. Well, part that was two. my tangent. Okay. Oh. Back to the Future Part Two. Yeah. Um here's the thing. With a lot of films that end up being trilogies, two peaks. They make the sequel we wanna see. They follow those rules that we just set down if you want to call them rules or suggestions or whatever. Uh-huh. Um they follow those. Three drops the ball more often than not. And it's but I don't like Back to Future Three. I think it's bullshit. Um, Return Stop to Dread Eye can Return to Jedi can suck my dick. Fuck that movie. X Three is Return of the Jedi is Return of the Jedi is the best one. Everybody just want to put that out there. I will fly over there and beat the shit out of you. No. Um, <laughs> all these fucking third movies. A lot of them are Spider Man Three. Um, yeah, Spider Man Three is terrible. Okay, third Return films. Of, they, Return of Living Dead Three. No, Return Army of, Living of Dead fucking Three. Darkness is great. Is the, is well, awesome. I don't mind Return of Living Dead Three. Army of Darkness sucks ass. Masterpiece. No, not true. And uh, I know I stand. I know I stand the minority on Army of Darkness, but you know dude, what? Fuck that's, that movie. That's everybody's gateway. Is Army of Darkness, man? Well, they need to fucking stop. You know, Army stop of Darkness. Your army. Stop with your Army of Darkness. Stop with your fucking Marlboro Red. Stop with your fucking weed. Stop with your pussy gateway. Stop it. If so, that movie's stupid. So check it out. <laughs> Look, this is what this is what's great about Evil Dead. But this is what's great about the Evil Dead universe and what it does. First movie. First movie is the first movie, ultimate experience and grueling terror. It's great for its own reasons. The second film it expands and makes the world bigger by literally retelling the first film in the first 15 minutes and then expanding it. And just like, where do we know, like, not like not knowing where we're going to go with it, we're just going to go back in time. Like, we don't know how to... We don't know where we're going. You know, Sam Raimi never, like, this mythology of this Necronomicon and everything, it's all kind of like, he's kind of, like, making it up as he goes along. It's not like, uh, there's no rules. It's like Phantasm in that kind of way. And the fandom is like Phantasm in that kind of way. that's interesting that you say that. So keep that thought, Jeff. Okay. Because here's what it is. Yeah. Go go ahead, go ahead. No, and then, you know, you go, they go back in time, you know, the prophecy... There's the prophecy in the book, and and they're literally they're doing it to service the story plot. Like they're like, okay, how do we end this? How do we end this thing? Oh, well, what if he goes back in time and it turns out that he is the chosen one that he, we see as an Easter egg earlier in the film for Evil Dead Two, and it's like it's like it's great, and then it's like, oh, we actually get to see that story in Army of Darkness, but Army of Darkness is almost separate from Evil Dead One and Two in that. 
you know, you know, as the films go on, like the comedy starts like accidentally. We're talking about like films that like where the tone is comedy without, you know, dry or whatever, however we put it in previous episodes of this show. But like right. then the the second one is like we're we're full out wearing our our three stooges on the sleeve because we love it, and then turning that knob from a seven on a scale of ten. To a fifteen, to a a fifteen in Army of Darkness, and then for the show, it's like they crank it back down to like eight. You know, Uh, the show is still very goofy, but not as goofy as Army of Darkness is, but yet more goofy than than Evil Dead Two. Because you're getting, you're seeing Sam Raimi mature as a director and as a person. You know what I mean? You're seeing someone who's figured out, okay, this is where the audience wants us. It's kind of a happy combination of the two. Let's go there. And then there's the, you know, there's the behind the scenes stuff. There's the rights and whatnot. Um, Amy, yes, Return of the Evening Dead 3, I actually have her tattooed on my back. Do you really? Yeah. All right, listen, can we talk about Return? I was, was going to wait, but let's just talk about it now. Return of the Living Dead series. So first okay. and foremost, first and foremost, Return of the Living Dead, one of my all-time favorite films of all time. Return of the Living Dead is a sequel. People don't think of it as a sequel in a traditional sense. But it's a pseudo sequel. No, no, it's not a pseudo sequel. It is a legitimate one hundred and fifty percent sequel to Night of the Living Dead. And that's okay. what makes it so friggin' great. Because on one hand, in the Romero universe, we go straight into Dawn of the Dead. In Yes. In Dan O'Bannon's, you know, whatever, John Russo-verse, they're literally like, oh, that was a movie, and this is the real story behind the movie, and then we can do whatever we want. Oh, we don't eat flesh, we eat brains. Oh, we're actually intelligent, blah, 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 blah. And then, and then Brian Yuzna and John Penny, who I had the pleasure of, of interviewing for this channel, those interviews have not come out yet. I can't wait to drop them on this channel. Um, they put out a film that's the third in a, 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 an offshoot to Night of the Living Dead called Return of the Living Dead 3, but really it should not be called Return of the Living Dead 3. It should be called Kurt and Julie. You know what I mean? It should just be its own thing. It, it's a shame. And even Brian used I was talking about this Brian using it. He feels the same way. He's like, kind of like, a, you know, it's a little bittersweet that it's called Return of the Living Dead 3 instead of just being... You know, uh, ashes to ashes. Thing. You know, so. I um, I'll make you laugh right here. Um, actually, one thing. So in the comments, I haven't watched Godfather Three Coda. I didn't mind Godfather Three in the theater. Um, it's okay. Um, I don't have anything against it, but I haven't seen the new cut, and I do want to watch it. Um, I'm not gonna get naked, but I will. Um. I'll take a picture of the tattoo and I'll put it up on my Instagram so I, people can see it. Man, but I have seriously I have thought one. about getting that tattoo like many times. I've thought about it. Like I love that poster. Her, I- I'll tell you. I, you know, again, I'm not going to get into a whole thing, but you know, I have a whole relationship with Return of the Living Dead and how much it means to me. And I'll never forget. It's the oh. '90s. I'm in a video store in Colorado. And I'm looking through the horror section, and I'm go. My mouth drops open. I see this poster. I see Julie against the the friggin' yellow moon, and I go, "Holy shit!" There's a third film. They made a third film. It's blowing my mind. What is that? Mug? 
You got a mug? Huh? You got a mug? No, this is the original Thorn Emmy video. The Thorn Emmy HBO video. Wow. If you ordered so many VHSs, you got this little puzzle. It's a puzzle of the poster. I have... See, you didn't know this, Jeff. I have an extensive Return to Living Dead collection. Wait, do you really? Yes, I've got the poster signed by almost everybody. I do have an autograph from Suicide. Um, oh, my God. Mark card. Ventura, was, man. Yeah, Mark Ventura. What a sweetheart. I got what the Lobby cool Bird set. I got... Um, Bro, we've never talked Return to We have to have a whole conversation about Return to Living We Dead. do, because I have not just the press book, but I have the promotional book which has all the scans for if you want to make t-shirts, if you want to make buttons, if you want to yeah. make stickers. I have an extensive collection. Do you see? Can you see that behind me? Do you see my poster back here? You can't see it. Hold on. I got to yes, show I, you this. I do see it. Hold on. I do see Hold it. on. That's the Scream Factory one. He's on a delay, so he's a little bit behind me. Yep, that's the screen. That's new merch no, the, that the just top came out. Oh, the new one from their new Return to Living Dead like site and Instagram and whatnot. I, I did an unboxing on this channel because I've been in contact with the guy who owns the trademark and everything, and he sent me a box. By the way, we have an unboxing. Hey, everybody! Just so we know, I didn't even I didn't even say nothing. We have to do an unboxing. This is from the same guy who gave me that poster. He sent oh, right me a on. bunch of packages, and we got to unbox that at the end of the show. Um, in any yeah, case, I don't want to deride this. Co Let's have a whole separate Return of Living Dead conversation. We and need I, to. I want to recommend a video on my channel that I think you will really appreciate, but you probably will know the information already because it seems like you're quite the aficionado. Um, you have to check. Have you read the novelization? Yeah, I own it. Oh, you own it. Okay, so then yeah. it's, it's no, not I'm, new. No, I'm extensive. Bro, I have you the, read the I novelization, the bro? I have the poster tattooed on my thigh. When we did, um, um, what what is it called? You think I would know by now, but I don't. My favorite horror movie, that one book by Christian Ackerman that we all okay. wrote in. Yeah. My section was Return to Living Dead. Well, where can I read it? And I want to read it. You got to send that to me. You can buy it on Amazon. All right, I'll, I'll um, buy it on Amazon. Great. Um, when we did our book tour, yeah. We actually, oh, this is like Arizona. a wait. This is a published book. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. Cool. Um, when we came to Arizona to do Mad Monster, is me, Felissa Rose, a bunch of people, right? Wow. So we're sitting here at a. We rented a house and we're sitting here in the fucking jacuzzi. I'm sitting outside of it because I just got my tattoo finished after 20 years of it sitting there as just an outline. <laughs> and Christian Cedar is like, you see fucking people? Fuck you guys. Chris had a fucking tattoo of his chapter. Where the fuck is your support? Listen. <laughs> to everybody else. It don't was, you it understand? Was good. <laughs> this this is not a costume. This is a way of life. Exactly. You and understand that's why that, I have right? my tattoo. That's great. Well, that's one really in three, great. nothing for two. Oh my I god! Have I have to. Oh, I'm gonna tell. I have to tell you. All right. What last thing, and then I want to move on because this okay. cannot be all about Return of the Living Dead. But I have to tell you. So I wrote an entire history, like an origin story about the Tar Man. I wrote a treatment for a comic oh, you're book. Fucking hardcore. No, I love this fucking shit so much. So what's always what I've always wondered is, who was the Tar Man? 
where did he come from? How did he get into the barrel? And so I wrote a story called The Tragedy of the Tar Man. And it's a whole thing. And I think you'd really appreciate it. In any case, I'm down. let's digress. Um, point is, is that Return of Living <laughs> Dead... Return of Living Dead is, is like, really sort of, like, mind-boggling when you think of it as a sequel to Night of the Living Dead. And that's why, you know, that's where you can go with sequeldom. You know, you can do that. You know, a, another film that kind of does that, uh, one of the films, the, the Human Centipede movies, they kind of try to do that, and it's just really stupid. But mm-hmm. yet it's done so brilliantly in something like Return of Living Dead. So there's that. Um, what about, let me ask you this. Uh, okay. What about sequels? We always talk, you know, you always hear the conversation, what is a sequel that's better than the original and for me I don't like you know when I think about all the big heavy hitters like Terminator and Terminator 2 like Terminator is I love Terminator just as much as I love Terminator 2 like I love them for different reasons I can't say I know you're gonna you violently disagree with this but I can't say that Terminator 2 is better than Terminator 1 it's not it's not I don't violently disagree with it I don't like aliens either I like it I just don't think it's better than Alien. Right. Well, that's, I mean, that's ridiculous. You can't, you can't say that Alien, a lot of people like to say that Aliens is better than Alien. They're just, we, we spoke about this in the first episode. Two different movies. You know, two completely different movies. And frankly, Terminator and Terminator 2 are like that as well. You know, like, you can't, it's a duology. You can't have, you can't do one without the other. Now, fair. What I do think is a much better sequel, and it's probably because I don't hold the original so sacred. I'm a big oh. fan of Blade Runner 2047. I think I like it. It is far superior to the original. I never could connect with the original Blade Runner. It just didn't work. Work, you know, uh, didn't work, work for, for me. You. Yeah, and I just think 2047 really sort of. I was able to connect with it. I was able to really, and you know, because I, I was you. familiar Absolutely. with the original one. You know, I was able to to like to like revel in the you know continuation stuff like the Harrison Ford bits and the Sean Young bits and yada yada yada. So no, I I, that works. That I completely agree with you. And cool. Amy, yes, T One is absolutely a better film. All really, all, I thought you were all, a T Two guy. No, fuck that movie. And what? I like it. I like it. It's good. Didn't we but have a conversation where you were just all about T Two or my? No, it must be one of the other your other fucking black friends because it wasn't me. <laughs> yeah, I don't. On Terminator Two, Aliens, they're fun. I like them, but they're not better than the first one. Give me that first movie for six million dollars. Terminator, not one that is, second movie. It's just such a what a what a what an awesome freaking movie. It's it's sci-fi. It's also a horror slasher. It's you know, it's it's doing all sorts of genre bending in, in in the best way possible, and it just works. the The very simple sort of time paradoxal loop, you know, goes back in time to you know, uh, uh, what you call it, um, conceive his son. Like it's great. Right. It's it's just great. You, you can't you can't go wrong with that. Um, Robbie said, "Hold on." What Robbie said something up here off topic of sequels. Well, kind of. This is a prequel. Are you guys watching the Many Saints of Newark tomorrow? Drops at midnight. Is that going to be? I'm all over it. Is that going to be on HBO Max? 
I'm sure it is because I think that's their deal. Is everything's going to HBO Max? Um, is I'll that true, Robbie? HBO Max? I'll have to. Um, wait if so, I'm all month. over it. I'm excited about that, actually. I will definitely watch it, but I'm going to wait because starting at midnight tonight, I begin my tradition, my yearly tradition. I do uh, as many, I watch as many horror movies as I can in the month of October. My record last year was 61 movies in 31 days, and I'm looking to break it. Damn, how many are you going to watch on my list that I gave you? Um, I don't like structure, dude. I, I'll, I'll, is that your list? You personally made that list? The one I gave you? Yeah. From last week? Of course I did. Yeah. You made that list? Yes. It's too structured, dude. I need it's to... Not, how is it structured? It's all 70s. I... That's the only structure. But I want... But I want... Okay, I will watch... I'll, I'll make a deal. Make a deal. I will I will watch at least two movies off that list. I will I'll okay. look... Or, or two mo- requisites from that list. I'll make sure... That, just so I'm varying... My diet. That's, I, that's what you need to do is vary your diet. You do, you do, and you know what? I need. I want to let the. But I'm. I'm. When I watch for for October, I need to. I thought you just were sharing that with me from some website or something because we were talking about that even earlier. I, I need to go where the wind where the wind blows me. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I'm in the mood for this. I'm in the mood for this. Starting at midnight tonight, I begin my marathon. So we'll 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 see how many I we'll can see get this happens. year. We'll see what happens. I will never. I will never steal anything from a website. I'm too egotistical for that. Well, I didn't. I just thought you were just sharing it with me. I didn't realize that you had made it. I wouldn't. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't have been so mean about it. I would have been a little nicer. About my um, list? Well, no, I didn't. We're I just thought you were just showing me. Yeah, no, I just thought you were showing me, showing me some shit. I don't know. Um, oh, that's stuff that you need in your life. What about sequels that we never got, Chris? Um, give me one second here. Well, sequels we never got. That sequels is burying. That's burying. I have like, one. What? Deep Rising Two. We, we never, should have had. We should have had deep. We should have had Deep Rising Two. And here, for those of you who are unaware, Deep Rising Two, there, there was no, there was that cliffhanger was actually a cliffhanger for. Dun, 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 King Kong. That was supposed to introduce King Kong in, in some major blockbuster sort of new monster universe that they were going to, trying to introduce. That's the director of The Mummy and The Mummy Returns. That's right, Stephen Summers. Uh, and wow. he did really well with those movies. And, you know, before that, there was going to be this King Kong film. So when they say, when he says, when Treat Williams says at the end, what now? And they see the 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 forest moving or whatever that's friggin uh, King Kong. What you that's got there? What you got no, there behind just, your head? It's just a fucking poster. It's just something to oh. put my arms on. Okay. It's the like, it's the. Like you're gonna wield it. No, it's the Lucifer's poster. Oh, nice. Or, so, um, sitting right here. Um, what about you? What's something know. that we never got that? What did we? I'm thinking. I'm thinking. That's a all good right, question, right. actually. Think about it. Think about it. I'm gonna. I'm gonna fill the air while you while you think about that. I'm gonna go. To does this. it have to be horror? No, it doesn't. Definitely does not have to be horror. All right, then I have an answer right now. Go ahead. Um, the sequel, The Sword and the Sorcerer, with, with Nicolas Cage. No, the good Sword and the Sorcerer. Wait, the, the old Disney? one. The Disney. Oh my God! There's no. That's the Sword and the Stone, retard. 
Okay, I don't know. The sword, the sword and the sorcerer. Uh, hold on. Hold I don't on. think I saw it. Is that like it's... a Conan derivative or something? Yeah, pretty much. I'm not familiar with it. It's um, it's Lee Horsley. Okay. Before he was on, oh fuck, I can't remember whatever TV show he was on before okay. that. Um, yeah, it's a Conan derivative. It's you know, naked girls and monsters, you know. But um, like Beastmaster. Yeah, but you know, better. Like I can't watch Beastmaster now. I liked it when I was young, but I can't watch that fucking movie now. Tanya Roberts or no Tanya Roberts. I think that's. I think I've only seen bits and pieces of the second or the third one. I've never I sat and watched Beastmaster all the way through. All right, here's the poster. I know you've seen it over the years. Yeah, I'm sure I've seen that somewhere. It's like Boris Vallejo or somebody. I'm not gonna. Um, I'm not gonna. I saw it through the screen. I'm not gonna sit here and go, "Yeah, definitely saw that." It looks familiar. It looks like something I've definitely seen, but I can't... It's a cool movie. They promised us a sequel and never fucking happened because by the time they're ready to do a sequel, Sword and Sorcery films had taken a dump because of all the super cheap movies they were making. Like, let's face it, Deathstalker, (laughs) Roger Corman. I like Deathstalker too because it knows it's dumb and it's a good time. It's not trying to do anything else. And they recycle footage. Yes, they did. Uh, well, not in that footage. one. Not in that one. Um, and then, but you had three and four, and so many other shitty ones from other countries that were really bad. And so, by the time they were ready to do a sort of sorcerer two, it just they couldn't get the money. It didn't happen. They made it about eight to ten years ago with Kevin Sorbo. It's a oh. piece of shit. It's it's not oh, the movie Kevin they would have made. Piece of shit. So. You know exactly. It's not the movie they would have made. 30 years ago. You know what I mean? So it's right. garbage. It doesn't have that, so, that I don't, feel. I don't count it. I wanted that sequel. Okay, what about this? We never got a sequel. Here's the thing. We never got a sequel to this film, but it doesn't need it because it's it really, as my friend Bob Rose said, it says everything that it needs to say in one movie, despite the fact that it was going to be a trilogy. Okay. Uh, it, it, and the movie I'm thinking of is Flash Gordon. Which I recently rewatched again after wow, a very recent serious. revisit. What do you mean? I'm, I'm serious. We never I got. Will... We never got the sequel. I never. I never watched. I mean, I watched it when I was young, but I haven't seen it since. Let me tell you. I don't have anything against it. You have to revisit it, and I'll tell you something. And this huh. is the. And this is. I said. I said this very recently on Twitter. And it's something that I felt, you know, last year when I first, when I did my first revisit, when the Arrow box set came out. And this is the honest truth. 35-year-old Jeff, I'm about to be 36, 35-year-old Jeff prefers Flash Gordon to A New Hope. Like, hands down. I just... Like, A New Hope as in Star Wars, A New Hope. Just... Just a, yeah, just Star Wars: A New Hope, not the trilogy, not anything else. When you just pound for pound, movie for movie, my sensibilities right now, I'm like, I'm just like all about Flash. I just That's really fair. fucking enjoyed that movie. I re- like instead, of, like yes, seeing the Death Star blow up is great, but you know what's really great? Watching Flash Gordon stab Ming in the heart with a spaceship. 
with the with Queen as the soundtrack. Like it's just so fun. The Birdmen, the Hawkmen, Gordon's wow. alive. B- Brian Blessing, Gordon's alive. It's just great, dude. It's just really, really great. Um, you, I, I feel. Like... Be... Sorry. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no you go, go ahead. ahead. No, you go ahead. I was just gonna say, you know, what's gonna make you laugh. Speaking of, you know, you bringing up Flash Gordon. Yeah. What I was thinking about today, because I had to run out to the uh, to market to pick yeah. some stuff up for dinner, <laughs> and I'm listening to Duran Duran in the car. Yeah, electric Barbarella, and I'm thinking, you know what would have been cool about for a sequel or something it would yeah. be a sequel to Duran Duran's Arena. Do you okay. know what that is? I don't. Yeah, okay. explain it, or do so, I have to look it up? Uh, no, I'll explain it, but you should look it up. You might be able to find it on YouTube because it's super hard to get. I think it's on YouTube though. Okay. When they did their live album that had um, Wild Boys on it, and then everything else was like, like a live version, yeah, of of their singles, they did a long form video that's like a sci fi cyberpunk video called Arena. Okay, and Arena is basically don't try to make sense of it, okay? Don't okay. because I'm not. Just don't think too hard. I'm but not going to. Doctor Duran from Barbarella <laughs> is watching them in concert and he's mad because they stole his name and he basically is attacking them psychically and with technology through while they're on stage so you have little thank you you have little um moments where they're reacting because shit's going on while they're playing and then they get zapped into his world and that becomes the video for wild boys that's all Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. Ooh, okay. And, um, now you've it's, piqued it's, my interest. It's it's different. It's weird. It's the kind of thing that only would have happened in the eighties. Um, but it's fucking cool. And the art for the, the box art is gorgeous. Um, it's worth it's worth seeing. It's it's different. You know, it is a long form music video like any of the other ones we got. But like it's thriller. got it's got a structure though. It's got a structure. So you're not just getting, here's seven videos by Duran Duran. Here's a story. Speaking of... And Duran, Dr. Duran does come back. Um, the original actor who played him in Barbarella in 68. Speaking of Road Warrior and yes. Beyond Thunderdome. First of all, I don't understand why people hate Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. Those fucking kids, that's why. You know, yeah, because you think the kids are like Ewoks, but the kids... They yeah, they don't shut up. You want to know something? The kids what? thematically work so well for what Thunderdome, like, what it's all about. The theme of, like, these are, like, this is, like, the new generation that's going to inherit the world, that what's left of the world. It totally works. It's hope for the future, and I have what? no problem with the kids. But, wait, 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 wait. Two things. Okay. Two things. Okay, go for Thing it. number one about Thunderdome. Because any Mad Max aficionado, it's, like, really cool to hate Thunderdome. Like, you are a nerd, geek, whatever, maxi dweebazoid if you like Thunderdome. I friggin' love Thunderdome. Thunderdome, if you haven't seen it in a long time, Thunderdome starts off as a western post-apocalyptic film noir where a drifter comes to town 
and basically and then it turns into a political intrigue thriller where you know these two warring political factions one wants the other one to be assassinated and uses this drifter to do it and it's really really great and then you get kids but I still like the kids the other thing I'm going to say is this in the realm of sequels and doing something different George Miller always does something different The Road Warrior is a great example of what a perfect sequel should and could be it's taking everything that they're doing in the first film and just sort of pushing it like pushing it like no longer is it like society on the brink we're just gonna go full post-apocalyptic we're gonna like amp up the production design 10 more points and just sort of like like it's the end of the world and it just makes for such an interesting film and um yeah that's just a great example of a really 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 good sequel okay may i, may I retort now yes okay so <laughs> at the end of mad max you see him leaving the zone you know past the sign where it says right. don't go out the beyond zone. this point yep. which is where you get you know the road warrior which is, again so... was still george miller just getting crazy you know like we're yeah. gonna do more right but 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 first of all you like thunderdome you're a dad i'm not a dad I don't like kids. I can't stand those fucking things to save my life. Not kids in general. No, 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 no. In that movie. I like Thunderdome. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. ahead, I don't think that you can separate it. Um, They're just, they're annoying. I can't stand them. Two, Thunderdome is not George Miller pure. Thunderdome is direct, co-directed by Ogilvy. Ogilvy. Why? Because now... Mel Gibson's a big star. All this, that, and the other. No, no, it's, that's not why. A... Why? Because his pr- his producing partner died, and George Miller became very depressed, and so they brought in this other dude to direct all the non-action scenes. Because George Miller basically became like he 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 was not he wasn't functional. Like I think it was Brian Miller is the guy's name. He died. He was the producer on all the Mad Max films. He, he died as they were doing Thunderdome, and so he sort of turned his, his directorial duties. And last thing, I liked Thunderdome when I was 10 years old. I liked Thunderdome always, way before I became well, a dad. You were, the, you were the same age as those annoying kids. <laughs> you, cannot, you cannot separate you. your love hey, how, you were 10, how old are you now, 35? Yeah. 36. I'm about to be 36. I was too... By the time I got Thunderdome, I was like, oh my god. And I couldn't. I just couldn't. Um, it's great. When was the last time you watched it, honestly? Honestly, I, I won't watch it. I haven't seen that movie since maybe 2000. I can't should, watch it. I don't like Tina Turner. I don't want to watch Tina Turner. Oh, she's so I don't want to watch those kids annoying, fucking repeating everything he has to say. I know how he feels. And if... <laughs> He would have had more shotgun shells. Guess what? It would have been him and that chick with the short hair. He really and did need the more weirdo to fix the train. Yeah. I what? Like oh, it. you mean the the little guy, Master? He's got the knowing of a lot of things. No, no, not not Master Black, not them, not Billy Barty. Um, 
that, that older guy that's like, no matter where you go, there you are. Oh yeah, that, that's pig, <laughs> that's pig killer. Whatever him, pig killer. I liked him. Oh, I just great. didn't like the kids. I couldn't deal with it. You know, Captain Walker bullshit. It just it was too far removed for me. And the, I, I will it. say this: I the, the where where you do where things do suffer from Ewok syndrome is this whole Captain Walker subplot, which is really, yeah. really heady. It belongs in a different film. But, like, it's a really heady notion. Basically, for those of you who aren't aware, spoilers for a movie that's as old as I am. Freaking Mad Max walks into a crack in the earth where, like, everything is still green, like it's not the wasteland because of, like, nuclear fallout. And he encounters a bunch of kids who are the descendants of people that were on an airplane that crashed after one of the nuclear bombs went off. They all the adults went looking for this guy named Captain Walker, who was the, you know, captain of the ship of the of the airplane. He never comes back, but they assume that Mad Max is this Captain Walker guy. So like in a matter of like 15 or 20 years, like these little kids build a religion around Captain Walker and then when Max comes, he, you know, basically they they think that he is Captain Walker and that he's going to take them home on the airplane, which is like crash in the desert. It's really, really trippy. It, you know, it does the plot sort of really just sort of doesn't care what you think of it and just goes wherever it wants to. It's like, yes, we're going to start off with everything I just said. Film noir, uh, post-apocalyptic noir via Western man with no name. Uh, you know, political thriller, and then it literally just turns into this movie about this like, this like cult of kids who who are awaiting a savior, and um, and I and I love it for that. I I truly do love it for that. But it does. I I can see why it alienates people who aren't as hardcore fans as as me. I I just I love these these movies. I, you know, Star Wars is my Star Wars, but these movies are also Mad Max is my Star Wars. You know, growing up, Interesting. I, I loved Mad Max, dude. It was like, see, I saw Star Wars in '77. I was five right. in the theater opening day. I right. was in love. Um, loved Empire, loved Jedi. Sure, when I was eleven, and then by the time I was sixteen, watching Jedi, I'm like, oh my god, this movie sucks. Um, but I've never had anything to replace it. I fell out of love with Star Wars. Like, I don't love Star Wars now. Um, I was excited for the sequels, for the prequels, and they sucked. I was excited for the sequels. I liked the first one. Of course, it was it was nostalgia porn. I was all over it. Um, Last Jedi sucks, and we don't even own Rise of Skywalker, and I refuse to. It was the biggest bunch of bullshit I had ever seen. And those characters, I don't want to hear them whine, cry all the time. Finn can go fuck himself. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I don't want to hear him. Every, no, every single time a black character or black actor feels that he's been discarded, it's a race thing. Sometimes you just have bad fucking writers that don't know what they're doing, and there's no plan. And sometimes you're just not interesting. Okay, they need John Favre. Finn's not interesting. They needed they needed a plan to start with. They needed to know what they were doing, not make it up as they go along. Which I know this is a tangent, but coincidentally, I was so shocked to find out that 24 was written like every other show on television. They had a writer's room, and they made it up as they went along. 
that blew my mind because remember how intricate 24 was never watched it didn't never it was it was a very intricate show where they have two plot lines basically you have the first half of the season focused on something they resolve it midway through but it led to something else right right i thought that this was mapped out loosely maybe but mapped out to an extent for the season because it had to play out in 24 hours no they had a writer's room and these people fucking made it up as they went along so it was like lost three weeks behind schedule well like any show that's how you do a show normally well, and they did it really the well lost but, was well hold on yeah. lost suffered from the fact that it kept changing showrunners so jj abrams leaves his ideas leave with him in comes in Damon Lindelof, who just discards everything that was set up and does his own thing, and so on and so forth. I mean, but then look at a show like Breaking Bad, where they... You're going to hate me. Don't even say it. Let's just not even talk about it. Don't even say it. Don't. I, I will judge you. How could no, you No, I've like never Breaking seen Bad? it. I've never seen oh. it. Well, why would I hate I you for that? I have nothing against it. Why would I hate you for that? Why have I not seen it? It's That's ridiculous. okay. I think it's ridiculous that I haven't seen it. But no, I, I don't. I don't judge. Oh my god, I dude. There's so many things that I have not seen. You get around to stuff when you're ready to get around to it. I don't. I don't forget. I thought you were going to say that you didn't like it, and that's like no. I'm you know, not a moron. Listen, I know there are people <laughs> like when someone's like, I don't like the Beatles, and I'm just like, bro, like, come on, like, how could you not like the Beatles? Like, I know it's like cool to not like the Beatles, but like, you can't deny. That the Beatles were the Beatles, man. Like the like exactly. What the Beatles oh, did. I know Christine. You know. Sorry, tangent. Um, Chris, I'm with you. Um, I, I agree with you because the Beatles are so influential. I'm a Beatles guy. I'm not an Elvis guy. I'm a Beatles guy. Me too, um, man. With me Elvis, too. for me, Elvis is he's a performer, and he was a good performer, but he wasn't a musician. He wasn't a creative so much as he right. was a performer. Right. You know, and that's how I feel about Elvis. It's like, eh. and that's how I feel about Michael Jackson. I despise him as a human being, like with right. every inch of my body. I right. can't stand, never could. I was never on that train. But anybody who says of a certain age that they didn't own Thriller is a fucking liar because we all have fucking Thriller. We did. Dude, <laughs> I listen. But, we all, um, I, I feel the same way about him as a person, but it can't be, his greatness as a musician, performer, whatever, it can't be denied. It can't, the fact that that dude, that dude can dance, Chris. bro. No, exactly. He's, he's a great, he was a great entertainer. Yeah. But you like wouldn't you, call him a musician denied. or a songwriter. You know, people like to say that though. He was a genius. No, he, let's Well, have you, have you heard those beatbox, have you heard those beatbox demos that he did? No. All right, you got to check this out. This is like crazy. Like, he couldn't play any instruments. P Michael Jackson did not play instruments at all. But when right. he wanted to do a song, and he wanted to show people the parts, he'd go, and this part, it goes like this. Like, he would just do it with his mouth. Like, he would just, he would, he would vocalize everything. And that's how he would write songs. I mean... That's like some sort of savant power, if you ask me. I, I think it, I, I think it's it. You know, it is genius, despite all of the the stuff that we despise him for as a as a human being. You can't. It cannot be denied the greatness of Michael Jackson in that kind of way. Kiss can't be. 
Oh, um, I do it all the time. But... Let me ask you this. Let me ask <laughs> yes. you this. Go. What about – all right. What about Halloweens? What is your Halloween sequel that you really, really admire besides Halloween 3, which is the best Halloween sequel of all? Um, you know what? Damn, most people, because that used to be a thing, and then now that the Blumhouse ones came out, it's retro retroactively become despised. No, man. I like H2O. I like H2O a lot. Yeah, baby. That's what I was going to say. H2 motherfucking O is the shit. The only, okay, yeah. it has one problem. One problem with H2O. Tell me huh. if you agree with this. H2O is cut so lean that it, there's just, it, we, we need a little gristle. I need about 15 more minutes of Jamie Lee Curtis PTSD struggling with everything before it leads into the action. It's 80 minute film, 84 minutes. I think it's too tight. Yeah, it's tight. It's tight. We need a little bit more. I needed a little bit more. Other than that, I think H2O crushes it, man. I, I really think it's aged well. Um, I watched it in 20, 2018. I revisited it for the first time in 20 years and just was, was very uh, enamored with how great it held up for me, personally. Oh, I see Robbie has already put Best Leprechaun sequel, and that's super easy. I actually have it on this list that I have in front of me. And the Best really? Leprechaun se- Yes, I do. Do you want to hear what it is? I'm curious. Do you have Robbie a- needs to hear. Do you have a Leprechaun sequel? I've never watched any of the sequels. What the fuck? That, that's something I judge you for. Holy shit. That's crazy. All right, ready? Leprechaun 4 in space is the best Leprechaun sequel bar none. The, the, literally, Leprechauns in outer space. What the hell were they thinking? It's really great. Plus, you got, you got Spider from Return of the Living Dead as one of the space marines. Oh my freaking God. Miguel Nunez. Now I have to see it just for fucking Miguel. Uh, who who I also interviewed for this channel. I haven't released it yet. I spoke to Miguel for two hours. And he Do you is, have anybody else? I have, not wanting to get on that thing. Not wanting to get on that thing again. Yeah. Do you have anybody else for yes. Return of the Living Dead? Yes. In your interview thing? Yes. Okay. Yes. It's on the channel. For anybody who's a fan of Return of the Living Dead, I had a very long conversation with William Stout, the production designer of Return of the Living Dead, a friggin' super nice, super talented, super cool dude. Even I'm going to bring disagree- Beverly on the show. Tina. Uh, you should. You should. Oh, I'd love to talk to, to Bev about she Tina. She's super cool. She's super Tina! cool. Tina! All right, wait, wait. All right, so so let's let's keep talking sequels here. Go. Um, all right, here's a controversial one, and then we'll go to some comments. I see some comments, guys. I, I'm sorry. For those of you who are joining us, because of, uh, you know, it's this channel and it's just the way things are, uh, I cannot show comments on the screen. I'm super sorry about that. I'm trying to interact in the chat a little bit. Uh, we'll 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 go we'll go through some of the comments in a minute. Um, I think that the Lost World, Jurassic Park Two, gets a bad rap. I think it's a really great sequel that it has is. aged really well. Wow, I'm so glad you agree with me. 
It's just it's just that it's mean spirited, and that's what I know that people don't like about it. It's a mean movie. What is mean it's about it? It's sometimes hard to watch the way the dinosaurs are treated because if you're an animal yeah. lover, all you see are baby animals. Right. Um. It's, right. It's baby T. Rex. You know, it uh-huh. is. Um. But it's a good film. It's really it good. It is a really good film. So, really good. They get Bill, carried away at the Spielberg end. Spielberg doesn't. You know, when he's not under the influence of mad chinless george spielberg <laughs> will do some shit it's true you know, or at least he used to you know back when he was a good filmmaker but don't get me started on that one before we go to the comments here's one more for you how okay. about a sequel here let's see if you can guess this one ready okay, a go. sequel to a film that was never made spielberg was the sequel made and this is one of my all-time favorite films of all time. Okay. I, I love so this the, film so fucking much. Like, it kills me how much I love this film. I grew up with this film. Spielberg I love this film. film. It is a Spielberg film, and it is a sequel to a film that was tech... Well, I guess, you know, maybe there, there are previous versions of the story, but let's just say it's it's basically the... It's, it's almost the Dark Knight Returns of Spielberg films. What the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck did I just say? Yes, I actually just said that. I, I just like pulled that out of my ass just now. You went like, kind of alcohol to do that. You do realize I, that. I, I'm bone mm-hmm. sober, baby. I'm drinking seltzer what? right no, now. Me, no, me. <laughs> um, okay, what? I don't know. I'm not even going to try. What? Hook. Oh. Yeah, right, dude. Fair enough. Think about I it. Hate... Hook. See, no, no. I see, what you're... I see where you're going with that. I just didn't like Hook. Hook is a sequel. Hook is a sequel to a movie that never existed. We it shows us the right. We never got the 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 first story. You right. could watch the Disney version of Peter Pan, but it, it, it's really there's no story that we get of Hook. Hook is just the only film. It's it's such an interesting, unique film in that way, and for that reason. You know, for all these reasons, it's kind of like the Dark Knight Returns in the sense of like he's like retired, old, and he comes back to the thing that makes him feel youthful. And we all know that the Dark Knight Returns is one of the greatest comic book stories ever told, and therefore, like, it's great. And no, I'm with you there. I'm with you there. So okay, let's go to the comments. Yeah, let's go to the comments. Uh, Chris, you want to take some comments? Should I take some comments? Go ahead. I'm saying I'm scrolling back up because we're scrolling had a back deal. up. So best leprechaun season. So okay, we'll go up a little bit more. So okay, okay. so um, yes, H2O had a bad mass, better than some, worse than others. What are you gonna do? We kind of have to deal with it. But I feel you on that. Right. Um, we'll see. We'll see what happens with with Halloween Kills. I mean, I pretty much I know, and I'm happy. So that's all I could say on that right now. Um, let's see. So, Leprechauns in the Hood had iced tea. That's all I can say about that because um, I haven't seen it. So, I great don't film. No, wonderful um, sequel. Wonderful sequel. You know, <laughs> let's see. Um, leading October first here in Salem. Oh, you're in Salem. I'm jealous. Um, I'd like to visit, not to live there. But I don't know because I haven't been there. Maybe it's awesome. It's gotta be. It couldn't be worse than Arizona. So I, I live five minutes from Sleepy Hollow, so I. I Do you got, really? So, yes, so you I know. live literally five minutes. 
I am five minutes from Sleepy Hollow, and it's the coolest thing ever. I'm not trying to brag or nothing. I'm just saying in comparison to, to Salem. All right. Let's see. Halloween. Everything was cop- – after Scream, everything was just a Scream knockoff. That's just what it was. No, Scream 2 is great, and Scream 3 is great too, but yeah. Well, yeah, yeah but I mean – Yeah, it is. It's all derivative. The, uh, everything else. Was it's just, all derivative. That was, that was the new formula yeah. um, at that time. Um, oh, you just we have not Jones. talked about Indiana Jones yet, Chris, but we're gonna have to at some point, which I don't know how we're gonna go on that because I love That's me some Indy, one. but I will talk some shit. Um, I, it's not a sacred, it's not a a sacred cow. It's not to a me, sacred there's cow. only two and a half indie movies. Actually, no, I like three now. With what, some Crusade? Crusade is age. good, man. I didn't like it back then because I don't like Sean Connery, and I thought Indeed, that all they did was take Indiana Jones and make Indeed, him the butt of jokes. Like yeah. they did with Return of the Jedi. They took the character and they made him a parody of himself. But I can appreciate it now. Four, though, is some bullshit. Five is going to be some bullshit, and I don't even know if I'll watch it in the theater. Um, Best Friday 13th sequel? Mm, that's really Part hard. Part six. Part six. Hands Part six, down. Part Hands six, down. pretty much. I do like two because I like I like the, uh, the bag mask. The bag is fun. Um, but yeah, I think I'm going to go with you on six. Um, for, okay, real quick, real quick to, to say about six. Yes. If you watch six, we talked about this previously. The first time I ever saw part six, I w- was told by my friend Dominic DeLuca, shout out to Dominic, um, to desaturate my TV and watch part six in black and white because it is lit like a universal horror film. So I followed his advice and sure enough... This film looks gorgeous in black and white and really does feel like a universal horror film. It's a yeah, it it was really really spectacular. So I can't recommend to everyone enough to watch part 6 like that. I no, I I can agree with you there. Um I like Terrifier. I didn't like All Hell's Eve in that. I thought there was I was garbage, not but... a fan of those movies. Well, cuz I don't hit... like I don't like cheap indie horror and they're cheap, you know, I'm a snob. But I did like Terrifier. Terrifier was good. Um Terrifier 2 from what I know right now is shaping up to be pretty good. So I'm waiting to get some um some pictures and some links and we'll see. But, you know, I'm excited about it. I like Quiet Place too. I like Quiet Place. Those were good. Um, oh, whoa, 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 like... whoa, 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 after the first 20 minutes, that movie flies so far off the rails. It falls so, like, it, it falls apart so much. I was, wow. I was dying. I was dying of laughter when she gives birth to the baby. And, you know, maybe this is from being a dad. Maybe this is from being a dad. Like, the notion that, like, you're going to keep a baby from making a fucking noise and put it in a fucking... It's a... Okay. No! Yeah. It's no! a movie. It's bullshit. not real life. It's bullshit. The rest of us were sitting there <laughs> no. like this no. in the theater. You were sitting there bitching. Yes. And yes, why? I was laughing. It's, it's the father thing. 
Nope. I'm always gonna I'm always gonna blame father. Actually it I'm is always gonna blame kids. <laughs> no, it really is. It it is like it definitely is. It took me look, look, we Chris, we all have yeah. suspensions of disbelief. Right. And sometimes our suspension of disbelief disbelief is not triggered because of something that we know from reality. And for me, dealing with fucking noisy ass babies that are just like you know little shit machines that never shut up, like like a baby is never going to stay quiet for a giant carnivorous creature that hunts by sound. It's just not going to happen. So for me, I'm go. You know what I did? I did what every cinematic lover, like like film lover, does. I threw down the shenanigans card. I called shenanigans. I said shenanigans. Here's, here's the thing. <laughs> Let, okay, here's the thing. Um, one second, Chris. I'm in Phoenix, Arizona now from LA. Um, okay, here's the thing. You have to learn to let it go because it's a movie. Every time someone picks I up a gun that or they point a gun, what does it do? Right? Guns don't make fucking noise, okay? Every time you pick up a sword, it doesn't go shing. It's a movie. Just go yeah, with it. No, that's you, easier to go with. Because you live because you live the kid thing every single day and it dictates your life. Shenanigans. You know? Shenanigans. <laughs> Hold on, Ballad. Ball, we have Ballad of the Broken here. He's left a no. bunch of comments. I wanna I wanna get no. to some of his comments. I have not seen Doctor Sleep yet. But I've heard great things about it. He I liked it. That, yeah, I've heard just like universal praise. I have the director's cut. I'm very excited to watch it. I really want to do a double feature, which I'll probably do for my 31 days of Halloween. I'll do um, The Shining, and I will do Doctor Sleep back-to-back. And then the most of the Final Destination sequels are pretty damn solid. They're, you know, they're fun they're they fun they popcorn are. movies. Yeah, like, exactly. There's a great example. They are what they are. We all know what they are. And you just go in there for some kills, right? It's it's the same thing as, like, Jason's and whatnot. Um, and then I also see Ballad mentions Wrong Turn 2, which I think is a phenomenal sequel because of Henry Rollins. I just think he's really it's not, great in it. Not and he's always good. Uh, yeah, it's just enjoy. I really enjoyed it. Uh, so that's um, I'm going through these comments here. Do you see any comments? Uh, just the Kane, um, the Kane Hodder thing. Kane is great. I produced a, a movie with Kane two years ago, um, which is a good example of what you don't do when you're trying to make a horror movie. <laughs> that we could have a whole episode on people that make horror movies because they think they're going to make money on them and they don't actually understand horror. Yeah. So what you end up with Ouch. is something that's a nightmare and a disaster. Yeah. Um, thoughts on the upcoming Matrix 4 sequel? Um, I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited too. I haven't watched the trailer yet, but I'm excited. And you know, I'm one of the rare few people, I know this sounds crazy, I didn't really have a pro. I didn't have all the problems with the sequels that everybody has. I was just kind of like, what? I just was along for the ride. I was like, okay, whatever. Like, you know, it's not like I wasn't sitting there agonizing over it or being like, oh, it's too Christ-like or whatever. Like, it just sort of like was like whatever. Like, you know, I just, I was just, go I was along for the ride. And I love that first Matrix film is phenomenal, great film. Oh yeah. You know, I. So for me, I didn't like them because it was too self-indulgent and it destroyed everything that the first film set up so beautifully. Fair enough. Um, 
indulgence. They were just self-indulgent. This is what happened. And you know I know all about self-indulgence, right? Yes. Yes. So when nobody's <laughs> around to tell you no, that's yeah. what happened with those. Nobody is around to tell them no. They made a they made a movie that blew the doors off of everything. Warner Brothers thought they were going to making sequels for fucking thirty years. What do you want? Here's all the money in the world. Everybody signed on, having not even read a script yet. Why? Because they liked them and they trusted them. Everybody was on board, and then they got the scripts and they were like, "What the fuck is this?" Which is the same thing that we did in the theater. Um, they're 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 self indulgent, like crazy self indulgent. Um, and they destroy a lot of characterization. And they destroy. There's no hope they in do. those. Um, there is. The that is true. That there is hope. no. There is no hope in and, two and three at all. And one I shot. Agree. One shot would have fixed. Up, well, not fixed it, but would have fixed that particular problem. The end. At the end is the, the ending, film. Yeah. Are you talking about the third one? Yeah. Had they finished the se- the the um the third film? Had they ended it all? with another round of Neil walking into the club and meeting Trinity, and they ended it there, okay, the cycle's going to start again. It would have made it an easier pill to swallow. It doesn't make it good. It doesn't excuse the first, you know, three hours that you've sat through with these sequels, but it would have ended on a, oh, okay, I'll go with it. They didn't do that. So I'm excited for four because I'm just hoping... Please. Yeah, that they'll fix some fix stuff it. up. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. Ballad asks Ball, – first of all, Ballad brings up Descent 2. I was super Ooh. disappointed with Descent 2. I love The Descent. I think it's one of the best horror films in the last 20 years, like definitely of of that of the decade from 2000 to 2010. Just like I'll never forget watching that film for the first time and just being absolutely terrified, like edge of my seat. Oh, I agree. Phenomenal I agree. film. Phenomenal film. Like, it's split up into three parts. You know, they say that there's only six stories, right? There's, like, man versus nature, man versus himself, or woman, woman, not to be uh, just talking about one over the other or whatever, or whatever you may be if you're one of the variety of flavors. Not Okay, I'm just talking myself into a hole here. Point yeah, being, just stop. let's just stop. Let's just stop. Point. You know what I'm. You know what I mean when I say the man versus man. It's, just it's like, man versus the, nature. Yeah. Just leave it right. At Whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but it, well, it starts off as that. It starts off as this. It starts off as woman versus nature. Then it becomes woman versus woman, and then it becomes woman versus creature. And it's really. And you can still say that's woman versus versus nature as well. Like if the creature is a part of nature, but. It's just it's divided into three equal parts, and then the the sequel just they just so drop the ball. It feels like a cash in. It's like well, you don't need it. You just don't need it, it at all. Cash in. Neil wasn't involved in it, right? So you know, if we ever get Dog Soldier sequels, Neil's not doing them. I was literally thinking about that so, just now as you said that. Friggin' Dog yeah. Soldiers two, baby. I need that in my life. Well, I, don't, I need I want, it if. If Neil was going to do it, I don't trust other people. And I'll take it with a grain of salt if it's other people. We've talked extensively about it. He had his ideas of where he wanted to take it. Yeah. He's, they're never going to, they'll never ask him back now. And he's wouldn't go there now. You know what I mean? He's in a different place now. Post doing Game of Thrones and everything else. Right. Neil's in a different place and he moved. 
the fucking the UK. So we're never going to get those. I wish we would, but we're not going to. That being said, um, I see what you're saying with with um, Descent Two, and yeah, it was a cash in. It's better than a lot of other sequels we've gotten, though. But I know well, what it's you're interesting saying, that they chose to. Me. It's interesting that they chose to continue with the characters. Like, I thought we were going to get a brand new setup and was like, whoa, like, you're actually bringing back these characters? Like, Juno comes back? I'm like, what? Like, how are you doing this? Like, it's just um, so because weird. Because the, re- the only reason they brought her back, think about it. I know, but I want you to guess first. I don't know. You got to just because she was Just because she was hot. She's the hottest chick in the cast. She's very, she's very pretty. She's very, very pretty. That's why they brought her back. They brought her back for eye candy just to kill her again. Yeah. Plus, I, they I couldn't just... come up with a better antagonist. So they're like, well, she's hot and she's kind of a bitch. Oh, my they God. They brought her back. There's and one that's series... all she existed for. There's one series we have to talk about when it comes to hmm. sequels, and we're going to get to it in one second, but I just want to answer this question. Ballad asks, uh, what do we think about the new detective-style Batman with Robert Pattinson? So here's the thing. And we can, we have to do a whole episode about just Batman alone. Like, Batman in cinema. Um, both Chris and I, like, are very, very, very split. He, he loves the Nolan films, and I love the Warner Brothers films from the 90s, the Burton and the Schumacher films. Um... This new here's the thing about Batman, and this is like a theme for a whole episode that we can get into the nitty gritty someday. Um, as a matter of fact, I might even have a guest that we would have to bring into that. But um, the thing about Batman is Batman is as long as you adhere to core concepts that make Batman Batman, you can tell any you can tell a Batman story however you want. You could tell it like Batman and Robin. If you want to go super campy like the 1960s Batman, or you can do it like realer than real with like Nolan, like putting like some sort of pra- uh, practical application to every single thing. Like, oh, this is a tumbler, which is what he would use as a Batmobile. And oh, this is a grappling hook that's gas powered that he would use if he was in the army, like army prototypes for everything, for all the technology. Um, you can go however you want with it. We've never really gotten a proper live-action detective version of Batman, and being a detective is such a core concept of what makes Batman Batman. I'm not the biggest fan of Robert Pattinson as Batman. I think he's a good actor. I don't know how I feel about him. He looks a little emo. I don't like his look, personally, but I've also read Batman from... From from Shadow of the Bat, and when Batman breaks his back with Bane, I read all right. the way up to Batman R.I.P. Uh, R.I.P. with uh, Grant Morrison. So that's from right. 1991 to 2009. Like I really feel like I know my Batman, or at least I know a sw- a huge chunk of his history. You know. Well, here's the thing: is you know that section of Batman. That's the thing about how Batman is never going to make people happy. Well, it's never going to make everybody happy. Yeah. Because everybody comes from... That character's existed for so long. Right. My Batman is 70s Batman. Right. You, you know? Neil, Neil Adams, right? Exactly. Neil... <laughs> this will make you laugh. It's a short story. Me and Glenn, me and Glenn are at fucking WonderCon. And yeah. we go up to Neil Adams. And Neil Adams thought Glenn was a Glenn Danzig cosplayer. 
Shut the fuck up. True story. How did Glenn react to that? He just laughed and he's like, no, it's me. That's hilarious. It was fucking funny. He's that's like, hilarious. Oh, I was say, that's a really good Glenn Danzig. I love that Neil Adams knows who Glenn Danzig is to like. Well, they're like know. the same fucking age. Yeah, but I don't know. I think that's that, that's interesting. I mean, talk about a guy. Yeah, was, you know, again, tangent. Good. Glenn Danzig knows. No, in a, Glenn Danzig in another sort of like aspect of his life, he's like an art dealer of comic stuff. Like he knows yeah. his stuff. Like really, really knows it. So I think that's very that's interesting. But in terms of Robert Pattinson. I just, like, I don't know, like, I'm very skeptical, but at the same time, I'm trying to keep an open mind, because he is a really good actor. Maybe this Batman will knock my socks off. The first impressions are really good. People are being like, whoa, this, like, three-hour Batman is, like, insane. So, I'm keeping an open mind. I'm trying to, but I so despise Robert Pattinson so much. I mean, I'm gonna see it. I'll of course see it in the see theater. It. I'll yeah. pay my fucking twenty, thirty dollars between that and snacks. So yes, you will. We'll see. <laughs> but you know, I don't know. Um, I like Michael Keaton too. I do. I like. You want to get nuts? I like Nolan. I like Val Kilmer. Wait, you know. Yes, we we both love Val Kilmer. We've talked about this. You want to get so, nuts though? You want to get nuts? I just, let's get nuts. Let's get nuts. I want to get nuts. Let's. Michael Keaton's good with everything. By the way, Protege is fantastic. See him in it. What I don't know. Okay, I've Protege is the new Maggie Q. It's you know female okay. assassin movie. Um, who is it? Shrugby. Shut up, you met Glenn. Glenn is like my best friend. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chris, Chris, no, Chris is. Uh, Chris knows Glenn and friggin' their friends, and he he's worked on. Uh, he worked on both Veronica and Death Rider in the House of Vampires. He's seen it all. He's the I I think he's the only guy who can claim to be in both films. Is there anybody else who holds that? Uh, no, I don't think anybody honor. else that wants to admit to it. Actually, no. You know what? No, I actually I think you're right because you're the only Russ guy. Isn't, yeah, actually, so I think there you you're go. correct on that one. Um, Glenn and I used to play video games Axon. When he came to Boston, oh my God, Chris, <laughs> Zaxxon. I used to love Zaxxon. I used to play it on, I want to say ColecoVision. I can't remember. It's too long ago. But um, yeah, I liked Zaxxon. Zaxxon was fun. Wow. Um, Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's um, funny. What were we talking about before Batman, before Robert Before Pattinson? Batman? I don't know. We kind of got it. Batman got... took over. Batman took over. I'm Listen. I'm yes, gonna keep an open mind about it. I, I mean, I'm gonna see it. We'll see. It's just I have a lot of issues with the cast. Okay, I have issues with Robert Patterson. Yeah. I don't like, I don't like black or blackish Catwoman. I got a problem with that. Zoe Kravitz, bro. What are you yeah. crazy? I. Oh. We've talked about this already. We've yes. talked about I know this. how you I feel. All like, right. All right. Yes, so, yes, yes, yes. I don't want to go. What did we just talk about with Invisible Man? Don't. I don't want to go to the movies and pay money to see ugly people. I'm sorry, that's not why. Zoe I Kravitz. I want to see ugly. People. Zoe Kravitz ugly. Doesn't do it for me. I hold have, on. Hold I have on. Standards. Wait a minute. Hold on. Sorry. Sorry. Hold on. Go. Yes. Hello. Yes. Hello. I'd like to uh, order a, a a padded wagon to Chris's uh, house, please. Yes. Hey, he said. Okay. He, th- he thinks that he thinks that Zoe Kravitz is is not, not pretty. 
I don't want dark skinned women. Okay, me and Ryan Turek sitting, we're sitting there making a list of sexiest vampires. Now you've listened to Ryan for years, right? I have on um on Shockwaves and okay. Killer Aaliyah did not make my list for obvious reasons. Oh, I love Ryan Aaliyah. stood up and started the picture. Ryan's always very deadpan, right? Yeah, very serious. He stood up and started shaking his hip, pointing. He's like, "But she does that thing, that that thing." Yeah. She does. <laughs> he was she so did. confused and I'm like no <laughs> she did she did she was look great. at you you're remembering Ugh. it right now I because I because I love Aaliyah um how about this what about a, what about a sequel what about a sequel to 13 ghosts um I'd be down for that and I'd be down for that I'd be down yeah for that. I'm you know what I'm, I'm I'd be I like 13 ghosts I like the remake a lot it was fun. It was a good time. That's all I want. Entertain me for an hour and a half. I don't care what you do, so long as you entertain me. Right. Right. I I think I think um, it would be really fun because that I'll tell you that first one is really spectacular and it's starting to have its own mini renaissance right now. People are starting to like appreciate it twenty years on, and I'm happy for it. Oh, two things. Two things. No, Ready? No. Thing number yes. one. Thing number one. Okay, here's a sequel that is like it's like it's breathing rarefied air because it's the sixth or se- it's the seventh film in an in a series that in my opinion is the best one. It's the best one mainly because I never held this franchise as sacred. I I enjoy them. I like them whatever like but you know and and this might even be sacrosanct what I'm about to say. I don't care. We know that we don't care. Like, that's what we do on the show, right? Like, we give our hot takes, you know, devil be damned. Like, we just don't care, you know? So here's one for you. Go. Um, first of all, New Nightmare is, like, should be, like, a textbook definition of, like, how to turn a sequel on its head. It does all of the things that Return of the Living Dead does as a sort of meta-sequel. It's so meta that it hurts, and in my opinion, is the best that that entire series has to offer, even the first film. It's my favorite. I love it. I think it's friggin' phenomenal. It is, it's the proto-Scream. He makes it right before he goes and makes Scream. It's just new nightmare, like, just phenomenal, stupendous film. Um, And the other thing... Well, do you have anything you want to say to that? Do you have any rebuttal? No, anything um, to say? Well, I disagree only because I think one is perfect. One is um, great. I'm not saying it's, it's not but great. It's but it's a good not my film. favorite. Yeah. I, you know, it, it's definitely yeah. it's a good okay. film. And it's better than, arguably, it's better than all the sequels. I That's mean, really, I'm, honestly, yeah, it is. Totally. Um, it really is. Three, three is pretty good. Three is I a mean, lot of three fun. Three is when he started to get jokey. Yeah. But it's not four, which is the big MTV cool soundtrack one. Um, right. So yeah, I, w- I guess I would go one, three, and seven, and then everything else is extra credit if you feel like going there. One, seven, you three. Se- you know what? Same order except reverse seven and three, and then okay. extra credit. I, I'm the same way, dude. I love three is fun. That's what you know. R- Wes wrote that, and then Chuck Russell, the guy who directed the Blob, that he directed yeah. that film. Co-written by Frank Darabont. I mean, it's got a great pedigree, yeah. uh, and oh, it's a fun film. Yeah, it does. You know, really, really fun film. Um, um, Robbie, so, yeah. 
I'm going to answer Robbie here. Kill Bill Go 3, ahead. will it happen? No. I Well, I can't say no definitively, but the thing is, Quentin is holding to his 10 films. I He may, like, that's actually not a bad film for him to go out on. Um, I want him to go out on that. But I don't know if he will. I think for his final film, he's going to want to try and find something new. Now, he he may touch that in there. He may sandwich some of that in there so he could have that moment. But I don't think a pure Kill Bill 3 will happen because... For him, it's his final film. And he's going to hold to that because he doesn't want to be that guy who said one thing and then did something else. Or he'll do it as a TV, HBO, miniseries, whatever. That would make me happy. Because then he could get away with doing it and go, yes. it's, not a, it's not a theatrical movie. Yes. I told you I was going to do one, and I didn't do one. And <laughs> you know, that's what you I know want. how he is. That's and what so, I want. You know, that's, it's, it's semantics, but I can see that happening. But I remember with Conan, when he was talking about Conan on, on Joe Rogan, and for all on the Conan boards, people were like, is he going to yeah. do Conan the Barbarian? Everybody was qu- everybody's no, asking. he's yeah. not. He is not. It's not going to happen. Just because he likes an idea and it's he gonna would be do something doesn't mean he's going to do it. It's going to be a I straight don't even know horror if it'll film. be horror. I hope it is. I would like him to, but I, I doubt he will. Well, you know what's interesting? Even though, no matter what we feel about the hateful eight, it very much is invocative of the thing. Imagine, uh, and, and then imagine with Spawn Ranch too. Imagine him going in that horror direction. It's gonna whatever it's gonna be. It's gonna be great. It could or has the propensity to be really great. But hold on, I'm gonna shift the tracks one more time. We can go back go to the it. comments in a second. We have not talked about a franchise. Let's see if you can guess this one. Um, I won't hold it against you if you can't guess it because it's maybe maybe I'm thinking it's very obvious and it's not. This is a franchise that has literally been going since 1989. Um, there's one constant throughout the entire franchise, and every single film they do something different, and it's super gimmicky. Uh, and for me personally, I'm like keep. Like if you made one a year for like the until the end of time, I will watch them all, just because they're just such goofy fun. Um, and basically, just every movie, they're like they change things up, and it's it, it's gotten to the point where it's just so ridiculous, because like the, the just the from the sheer like you know I don't know not science aspect per se, but like from a biology aspect, it just gets more and more and more ridiculous. And that series what? that I'm thinking of is what? Tremors. Oh my god! <laughs> wow. No wonder I couldn't think of it. Tremors does. First of all, Michael Gross is in every single Tremors. That's number one. Number two, Michael Gross as Burt Gummer is like a wannabe Ash, you know, like except with like guns and ammo. Number three, they they were getting really, really great when they introduced Jamie Kennedy as his long lost son. And I was oh going, holy crap, they've 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 breathed they've breathed 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 they've breathed breathed I can't say that word, I can't pronounce pronunciate it. We know new life into it. New life into it. Uh, with Jamie Kennedy as as his long lost son. 
and they are just the goofy. It's like it's like first they they they're underground, then they give birth. They it burst open and these like little like like two legged walker creatures that only see in heat like predators come out. Then in three you have the ass blasters. And then there's like it just goes on and on and on and every over sequel and they over do and over. yeah just they just do always do something different and in the last one the uh, spoilers spoilers for those who have not seen the last one they kill Bert Gummer supposedly and it's the worst death it's so anticlimactic it's so like it's one of those deaths where you kind of go wait a minute is he he's not really dead he's gonna like come back in two seconds and he doesn't he actually doesn't he actually dies. According to thing, at least until they want to do another one. Until they make another one. It's just it's it's bullshit, man. It's freaking bullshit. I see someone mention Creep Show. I love Creep Show too, and the true Creep Show three is not called Creep Show three. We all know what it's actually called, Chris. I don't because I don't because I don't like Creep Show movies. Go what? I I okay. Disclaimer: I love the show. By the way, um, oh, the show's great. Okay, I don't like Stephen King. What? I don't. He's a great. He great characterization. They're living, breathing people. You care about them. They're real. That man can't fucking end a book to save his life, and I don't care. I will agree with you on that. There are times where Stephen King just does not know how to end a book. A great example: Under the Dome. Under the Dome, didn't know how to end that book. Um, Outsider, which just came out very recently, didn't know how to end that book. That's, a book... It's, it's his shtick. It's what he does. He doesn't know. You know how me and Ryan became friends? Revival. I t- Revival? Revival, he ends... He. It's so good. You gotta read Revival, dude. Revival's an outlier. No, that's Stephen King. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, the ending. Um, oh, this is how me and Ryan became friends. Ryan because loves Ryan, Stephen King. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He loves Stephen King. He has an extensive collection that his dad gave him. Right. Of first editions and whatnot. Cycle of the Werewolf. Um, yeah. We, when we first got to know each other, I told him I didn't like it. And this is how even kill Ryan is. Everyone else, be it Alric or Rebecca, anybody else within the community lost their fucking mind when I said that. What did Ryan say? Yeah, dude, you just you don't like his work. I get that. And we were good. <laughs> and we became friends. <laughs> um, the third film I was thinking of in the Creep Show, the, the true keep Creep Show 3 is not Creep yes. Show 3, it's Tales what from the Dark it? Side, the movie. Really? Yes, because it has all the same all the same crew. Um, it's produced Ooh. by George Romero. It's directed by John Harrison who was the cinematographer on Creepshow and Creepshow 2. That's and, good. Yeah, and, that. you know, what happened was Richard Rubenstein, his producing partner, started to license out the, t- like, names. That's how we got Day of the Dead 2, which was a prequel to Day of the Dead, by the way. Right. One of the worst friggin' movies ever made. And we also got Creepshow 3. So Creepshow 3 is not actually Creepshow 3, Tales from the Dark Side of the Movie is the true Creepshow 3. Creepshow and 3. it's really, really good. Love Tales from the Dark Side of the Movie. And it has all the DNA of... I think it even has a Stephen King story in it as well. It has all the DNA. Plus you have Deborah Harry is in it. 
She's yeah. really great. That wraparound is really awesome. They filmed it right here in Westchester, the wraparound. Um, the, the wraparound story, for those who don't know, it's a witch that's going to eat a little boy, and the little boy has to sort of, like, distract the witch with stories to keep him from getting eaten. And it's eating. really fucking fun. And one of those stories is a transformation. Are you familiar with the Japanese ghost anthology film Quaden from 1964? I am not. It's a phenomenal film, and you should check it out. It is three and a half hours long. Uh, every frame looks like a painting. And the final story, which is a Japanese ghost story, is readapted in in Tales from the Dark Side, the film, but with gargoyles. And it's really? really yeah. And that's not spoiling anything at all. It's really fucking good. Check it out. Let me throw out. this at you. Let me throw this at you. Go ahead. Creepshow 3 or Tales from the Crypt Relic. Or okay. Whatever fuck it's this called. is a really fun game that I really want to play. And the what? answer is no, what you just said. Oh, where you throw out okay. two sequels and then we choose which sequel. I love this game. This is this game is fucking phenomenal. Okay. Uh, the answer is and I'm gonna be I'm gonna be straight up truthful. I never even bothered watching Relic. Do you know why? It's not a true Tales from the Crypt film. They just put that label on it. It was never made as a Tales from the Crypt film. That's not to say that I don't mind films that are almost Tales from the Crypt films. For instance, to go back to Return of the Living Dead, Return of the Living Dead is a fucking Tales from the Crypt film. If it's not actually, but like it's an EC comic, literally. Like it is, it, it easily yeah. could be. Um, Death Becomes Her is a Tales from the Crypt movie. It's made by the dude who executive produced Tales from the Crypt, Robert Zumeckis. It feels. Right. It came out in 1991. It feels like it could have been a Tales from the Crypt movie. It's not technically a Tales from the Crypt movie. Um, the Frighteners, that was supposed to be a Tales from the Crypt movie, and, and it was going to be directed by Robert Zemeckis and ended up being produced by Robert Zemeckis, and it's not a that. Tales from the Crypt movie. So, But for, for them to slap the title on Relic made me... That's with Tim Curry, right? I was like, I'm not about it. Even I don't though even know Tim Curry. It. Tim Curry, I was like, forget it. I'm not even going to watch it. I don't want anything to do with it. I'll watch Bordello of Blood. I'll watch Demon Knight. Uh, I'm not going to watch Relic. So the answer is no answer because I would never pick uh, Creepshow 3 in a billion years. That was really fun. My turn. Ready? Go. Two sequels, right? Go. Okay. Um, mm, oh my god. Alright, fill the dead air while I talk. No, fill the dead air while I think. Um, well, I'm going to go up on some of these uh, I got it. Some of these comments. Got I it? got it. I got it. Go. Ready? House 2 or Jaws 2? Jaws 2. Really? I love Jaws 2. Dude, well, I like Jaws 2 as well, but House 2 is shit. Jaws two above house two. That's just me. That's just okay. me. Okay. 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 Um, right, and I gotta, I gotta, I have to retort to uh, to Ballad here. Yeah. Because what's he, he, he said the magic word. What? Babadook. Uh oh. There is Uh-oh. literally no movie that I hate more than that <laughs> fucking movie. I have ruined friendships with well-known people who you used to listen to over that fucking movie because really? I hate it so much. Really? 
Yeah, I despise it. I, I know, but I, I find that fascinating. Hate it. No, I want not to that, take that kid and kick him in the no, fucking no, no. face. Not Her? that you don't no, not that you don't Who? like Baba Duke. That it huh. ruined relationships. I, it's, it's ruined friendships. It is I, ruined that's, friendships. I find that fascinating. That I have never spoken to these people again, and they've never spoken to me again. I, you know, what's interesting about that? I just, I like who, like how is Baba Duke a hill to die on? Like, I just feel like it's not. Like, it's just so, like you know what it is. It's people that feel that they have to be right, and they want to champion it because oh, single mom, mentally right. disturbed kid. They take it and they turn it into something else that's worth, I don't even think that's worth fighting for. Unless you have a mentally disturbed child and you've been through that, why are you fighting for it that hard? You know I'll be what honest I mean? with you. I, I was rather, I was, I was kind of disappointed. I thought the Babadook was okay, but I was just disappointed by it. Like in the sense that like, I wanted it to be, like I understood what the metaphor was at the end. I wanted it to be more than what it was. And here's it just I just was kind of bummed out by it, you know. Here's my issue with it, uh, amongst many things, and besides the surface stuff, like you know that kid needs to go eat some rat poison. A lot of Below people, that, a lot of people don't like that kid because he's annoying. Um, he he's annoying. like fucking Thunderdome to the nth power. Um, but no, here's my issue: you have a woman who can't deal with grief; she can't deal with her child. That's what it comes down to. And I have no sympathy for people who are weak. She's weak. Her kid's a pain in the ass. I can't deal with it. That's On top of that, I don't Conan shit right there. I I don't <laughs> I I'm sorry. I don't have I don't have why do you think me and Glenn get along? I don't I just I don't <laughs> have any sympathy for that. The world was not made to make you feel better or to make sure you're okay. So that's my problem with the current social political state of america and that movie on top of that simply i don't understand how that movie became the fucking lgbt i'm not gonna even fucking say that gay and lesbian fucking like movie remember that i mean that movie is upheld yeah, as like it's a where metaphor the fuck of some did kind that i don't come know from? i don't it's know it's just bro. it's people latching on to shit because they need to they're going to turn into whatever it is they want it to be to push their argument and i don't care what it is it could be it could be the gay and lesbian committee it could be veterans it could be anything if people grab something and they will turn it into this why because i wanted to support whatever cause i'm on that day you know what i mean that's my problems with it I and just... with that that fan base Got it. I gotcha. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just I watched it and I thought that I was gonna get something else, and it when it never came, I was just let down. And like I said, I understood. I had to like look up what I didn't understand what the worms meant. But then like I looked it up and I like kind of I was like, okay, I get it. I don't need like I don't how how long the movie was. It had some good atmosphere, but like I I it didn't scare me, and I don't know how long the movie was. But I felt like I, I felt like however long it was, like I just didn't need that whole story in that amount of time. Like it could have been like a that. nice sharp eighty minute something. Right. Because what it was it was building, it kept building and building to something that just never and, came. And didn't deliver. Yeah. Like it ended up just being the Babadook is just a metaphor for like her grief or whatever. And just was like, come on, man, like I needed a Babadook. Like you needed to pay off 
you needed to give me the payoff of this thing that's gonna like eat your kid or whatever and like it just doesn't happen and i'm just like exactly it just bummed me out like i didn't understand it it just didn't it just didn't again i don't i don't have any of the problems with it that you have about like all that shit you were saying but like what i was just let down i was let down by that in the same way another film that really let me down in that kind of way was the village when it first came out although i'm i haven't seen it i haven't seen it since it came out and i really want to revisit it and like give it like a fresh assessment because i feel like it's a lot better of a film once you temper your expectations with what it is absolutely and that's how i feel about most of of shalom ding dong's films they're better (laughs) after the fact they're not bad it's just that i think that he's judged unfairly did you like glass yeah glass was fine i think friggin whatever i think that he is judged still against six cents you know he right and i'm not going to say he wrote himself into a corner but it was so effective that he became the twist guy and picture from his point of view he has to come up with a fucking twist with every movie, that's what it's people are expecting. That's what the studio's paying for. It's a twist. It's not. It's not fair to him. So that's why I I wait and I can watch them on their own terms. And usually I enjoy them. I like the happening. Didn't mind it. Why? Oh my god! I watched it free from anything. I Bro. thought it wasn't one of the better ones. Bro, but that was the it's room. Not, that was straight up the room, man. Come oh on. Oh my god! Don't even start on the fucking room. Any Dude. room. I don't care which room. It doesn't. Listen. Um, the the happening huh. was the happening should have its own cult following. In the here's the, the thing. About, here's okay? the thing about the happening though. One, they dare kill a kid with a shotgun. People <laughs> don't do that. No, so ball not in mainstream films. So so kudos for balls there. Two, I like the characters. I like Mark Wahlberg. I like Zoe Deschanel. If I like the characters, I'll go on their stupid journey with them. And they were engaging. I'm there. However, if you give me characters that I don't like, you better you better deliver on a different level, you know? Yeah, I don't know, man. So that's all that's all I can say on that one. That's all I can say. I mean, you know, I don't expect anybody else. I don't. I'm not going to die on the hill for the happening. Okay, if you don't like, it, I, you I don't hope like not, because because I will judge you. you. That is a it, so that I is talk. that I that will bring I will bring judgment down. What about this? What about this? I, I see Robbie mentioned. Robbie mentioned got? one of my favorite sequels. I love this sequel. Which I feel one? like people don't talk about it enough. Motherfucking Pet Cemetery Two is awesome. It's it's. It's a good film. It's I not a bad love film. it. I Again, love though, it. It gets the same rap that Lost World gets. Yes. People don't like it because it's too cruel. But it's so good. It is. And, and what's his face? Uh, Clancy Brown yeah, is diabolical. Yeah. And everybody dies. And it's just like really like you know, it's it's a really rough movie. Like these rat, yeah. rabbits. No, what happens to the rabbits? I mean, you know, you want to know what it. You know what's interesting about it too? Like, I like you know the first Pet Cemetery is whatever, but like the, there's something about like the way that they portray death in Pet Cemetery Two with Clancy Brown when he comes back and you see that gnarly wound on his neck has not healed. Like, right. you fully, like, get, like for me, like, that fully 
registered like oh my god he is not alive he is absolutely like a reanimated like something there's something like you know in the book pet cemetery i guess which i've never i'll be full disclosure i've not read the book but from my understanding the the whole notion it's kind of like that um that anthology film that um where you know the little boy uh sends a demon back in his place it's the idea that when you come back, you're not quite you. You are also like kind of a demon or whatever. Right. And you're literally inhabiting monkey's a dead... Monkey's paw syndrome. Kind of monkey's paw syndrome. And you're inhabiting like this dead, rotten body. And when you see when you see him like just shoving like food in his maw as a dead guy at the breakfast table and you see that open wound on his neck with the bandages just barely covering it and it just has not healed and it's been so many days... You just really get this visceral sense of, like, death. And I just think that that movie really, you know, it, it, it handles the themes that the first one tries to tackle. I think it handles them better with the mother-son story. And I just really like it. I think it's a really, really great sequel. It just never got the love that it really deserved. I agree. I agree. And it, oh, and I love the first one. Here's what pains me is the remake. Ah, interesting, interesting. That's a good point of discussion right now. Uh, what did you? I, I, the remake was a mixed bag for me. What, what was, re, what was upsetting for you personally? Everything. Okay. Here's, here's the problem. I've never said this publicly. I'm saying it right now, and it'll probably be the only time I say it. Okay. I cannot stand that fucking movie. It's stupid. It's bad on every level, and I've never been able to put that in a review, but I'll say it now and that's all I can say about it. Fine. I'm going to say this. I thought what I really liked about it, because I watched it blind, I, you know, covered my eyes when the trailer would play, because, you know, they kind of give you, reveal spoilers, big spoilers for Pet Cemetery the remake, if you have not seen it yet. Big spoilers. You're going to want to mute, mute this right now and I'll give a thumbs up when we're done talking about it, because I don't want to spoil this for anybody. Um, it, it talking about like doing it does what a, a good sequel does in the sense that it it subverts. Yes, I just got your. I just got that. I just got that. We will. We are. I just realized the time too. Holy crap! Um, it, it does what it does what a good sequel should do. It it subverts and surprises me, us, whatever with with, you know, uh, something that we're not expecting. You're not expecting the sister to die. You're expecting the little kid to die. And you're you're waiting for it. And, you know, uh, sort of just biting your lip, waiting for this thing to happen, this really, really horrible thing to happen. And then it never happens, or it doesn't happen. And the problem with it is, it's like this really good surprise, and then the rest of the movie just doesn't live up to that surprise. True. You know, True. so that's 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 really that's all I have to say about that. But um, it's, I gotta tell you, it's oh, sorry, more than I could say. It's more it's than more I could say. say. It's more than you yeah. can say. Um, this has been a phenomenal episode. I I mean, we really there's like so many on my list. Like we'll have to maybe uh come back to this topic in the future. Oh, we're gonna um, have to. There's so many things. Like even so in many the comments, yeah. like trick or treat. I could talk. Oh about trick-or-treat 
a friend of mine actually introduced me to that movie. I hadn't seen it yet, and I think it was probably out on video by that point. But his parents weren't home, and he invited me over, and he played the the Fastway soundtrack for me on vinyl, and we're just sitting there listening to it. So that was kind of like my my doorway into watching the movie was the music, and it was such a good time. I have such a great idea for a trick-or-treat-like film that I want to tell, like, right where I live. Like, it's, like, perfect for that. And I think it's really good, too. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan of, of trick-or-treat. I love the atmosphere that it provides, you know, around this time. Like, the holiday, you really feel Halloween when you watch right. something like trick-or-treat. And I would say those are some of the best werewolves out there. Like, like up there with dog soldier werewolves. That transformation scene is excellent. Truly. Beautiful. We're talking about two different trick-or-treats. You do realize that. Are you not talking about the one with I'm not Sam? talking about Mike. No, I'm talking about trick or treat, not with trick Ozzy or treat. Oz, with Ozzy Osbourne yes. and shit? Well, I've never seen really it, wanna... bro. I've never seen it. What? Never seen now it. Now you have to go stand in the fucking corner and think about what it. you've done wrong. Oh, come on. I didn't shame you. You can't shame. We don't shame each other on the show. You know what it is? We, you know what a shameless shame is? Everybody. No. What? No. You know what a shameless is, though, right? What? A shameless is like, you know, a list of movies that you should have seen, but you haven't seen yet. But it's not like you shouldn't feel shame for not having seen them yet. It's just a shame you haven't seen them yet. And okay, fair enough. Get around now I gotta it. go, so go think about me being a bad person. No, um, no you have a shameless. No, it is because I'm a terrible. You have no, you have to see. At least I know. Breaking Bad. Is. Breaking Bad is on your show. I know that's why I can't fucking say anything because I yeah. haven't watched it. Ballad, I did finish it last night. I had to skip the first two episodes because I couldn't deal with what they were doing. Um, I don't want to spoil it, so hit me up and I'll we'll talk about it. But I did like it, and it's actually the first Mike Flanagan thing I've liked in a long time because I hated the Haunting series, both of them. Yes, Amy, um, She-Wolves. Amy knows about the She-Wolves in Trick or Treat. It's freaking yeah. awesome. Yeah, no, no, I love, I'm with you there. I just had to clarify, like, yeah, yeah, saying, yeah. we're talking about two different movies. I, I, um, I did not realize that. I do. Friggin', friggin' really, I hope they do a follow-up. Did you like that Krampus movie that he did? Yeah, it was, it was all right. I thought it was I really was fun. I was entertained. I thought it was fun. All right, guys, listen, we'll You're come back. Chris. We're going to come back next week. Um, it's Chris's turn to pick the topic. That's how we're doing it. We, we do go vice versa, back and forth. Um, I'm so glad. Uh, our, it seems people really enjoyed this episode. Uh, thank you for sticking with us. Uh, please make sure to like, share, subscribe. Please make sure to follow Chris on Instagram and follow our uh, our podcast page on Instagram as well. Chris runs that. Uh, Chris is always posting uh, recommendations as well as just he watches one movie every morning, so he's always posting that. So go check out what he's watching. He, he mostly has good cases. Mostly. Not always. So check that out. Go follow him on Instagram. <laughs> subscribe here to the channel. Um, and we will return next week with another show. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, so we have a wonderful way of saying goodbye here. As we know, we say peace and hair grease. Hair grease. Hair grease.